Welcome to Top Shelf Talks. Opinions from this podcast are those of the host or their guests only. No information on this podcast should be taken for legal, tax, or investment advice. everybody back to top shelf talks i am chris gickler and my co-host tom costantiello there in the wonderful state of ohio how are you doing today i'm great chris how are you doing i'm doing pretty good on this midterm election day we're recording this on november the 8th and uh, as everybody's probably heard mid midterm elections are here and now I'll just be glad the political ads will stop down here in florida because yeah. i don't know how many flyers i've gotten from ron DeSantis. It's, um, you know, it's funny. It's also a full moon, Chris. I don't know if you know that. Oh, I did not know that. I, sh- I should have known that. I mean, you know, the, the election and, you know, it, this reminds me of a story way back. I think when we were in college, so my, my good buddy, Mike, QFM 96. I don't know if you remember Oh, that I love movie. QFM 96. When I was up there last weekend, I turned that baby on the, on the radio. Yeah. Love so they, they, they play your kind of classic. It was a classic rock now, right? Used to be hard rock, modern rock when we were around. But anyway, they did a campaign where like every political sign that you gathered, you got like, I don't know, a dollar or something like that. Some prize, right? You got something. You got money. You got actually money. My my buddy Mike's like, hey, let's go get signs and da da da. And we'll turn them in. And they had this big event. They had it at the veterans, um, the vets, whatever it was, the yeah. vet, uh, what do you call it? Convention center. And so we, we collect all these signs, uh, but it was like night. So you're going out at night and obviously it's the next day. Cause you don't want to make anybody really mad, but then you're turning in the, in the, in the signs. So I think we might've had about, I don't know, $50 worth of signs. And of course my buddy's not paying attention. Rear ends the lady in front of him. Oh, no. About $1,200 of damage to his car. Good thing he had insurance, but collecting the political signs was literally a nightmare and hurts uh, hers in a, in a pocketbook. But, it's probably a good segue into what the midterm elections really mean, you know, I think for America and for all of our pocketbooks. I think maybe something we could we could talk a little bit about. I think I just want to first go on the record. I, I just voted this morning. I don't know if you've made it to the polls yet today or not, um, you and Cecilia, but it was busy here at our polls. I mean, a little bit of a line. I mean, we got through it in about 15, 20 minutes. Say, this is an opportunity. And I remember standing in line at Avalon School over there off of Cleveland Avenue with my dad and I didn't have a clue what I was doing. And, uh, but yeah, we got you, through it today. You, you still don't. I still don't, but anyway, uh, Hey, half <laughs> the fun is making it up as we go along. Exactly. You know, that's life. But yeah, today I think we're going to talk about obviously the midterm elections and what historically for the stock market and for the, for what we've seen in investment opportunities during a midterm election, when the potential is, and we've been talking about the Republicans may take over Congress. I don't know if it will be the whole thing, but it looks like it's going to be slim margin. And what traditionally has happened in the back half of a presidential term when that happens, shed some light on some history for us and and how that plays out when we have a midterm election situation where the other party was at the minority and then the midterms bring them into majority. So here's the thing. When we look at the stock market and how they do when Democrats are in office, so when Democrats are in office, the average return in the stock market's 10%. When the Republicans are in office, the average return is like 9.5%. You know, when we're a gridlock, it's a little bit better. 
the market actually likes gridlock better because that means the, any of these policies that Biden wants to put forward, if the Republicans now have control, they basically uh, have shut down uh, Biden's policies and there's nothing he's going to be able to do for two years. The reason that's a good thing is if nothing new is going to happen, then businesses can go along with their plans and actually start establishing plans. When you don't know what's going to happen, it's hard to make make plans. It's funny because I think a lot of independent voters voted for Biden to stop Trump. And now I think those same independent voters are voting GOP, the GOP or, or Republican to stop Biden. I don't think people wanted Biden to change things. I just think they wanted Trump out. And then, you know, if you look at some of the policies that were put in place, like, you know, we're going to stop drilling, no more fossil fuels. Well, golly, we've got fuel prices through the roof, which is creating massive inflation. You know, anytime the government, I don't care who it is, Republican, Democrat, anytime you start messing with policies and putting policies in place to restrict businesses, you're going to have these kind of problems that spill over. But historically, in a midterm election, the market on the average is up 16.3% the following year. And that's going back to 60 years of history. You're right. And I think from, a, and again, I want to go on a record very well. We're not politically endorsing anything here. We're just talking about facts and figures, but you are correct. It seems like this last election was a more of a Republican uh, pushback on Trump and his, you know, polarizing policies. And at the same time, now it's kind of like, well, now we're just saying we want to go the other direction. So we're going to have gridlock for the next two years until the next presidential election tax things and, and the economy focus a little bit on some of the changes that the IRS has come out with here recently. And I know you got some facts and figures yourself. I'm going to keep mine simple. I'll let you deal with the complicated stuff. One that really hit the headline news and some folks probably seeing it on the evening news was the 401k limits. So this is your employees, employer sponsored programs are going to increase the limit from 20, from $20,500 to $22,500. So you're only allowed to put into a 401k plan, a limit right now for 2022, $20,500. If you're under the age of 40, that's 49 and under. If you're 50 or over, you can put an additional $6,500 into that plan. And that's all the IRS will let you do, whether you do that in a Roth sponsored program or a tax deferred program. And we'll get into that in a second. Uh, But the second part of that is they're raising that from $20,500 to $22,500. And if you're 50 or over, you can additional contribution, catch up contribution of $7,500. I saw where this is probably historic. I don't think they've ever increased it that much that in one year, usually it's a $500, $600 increase. So I was a little bit shocked, but I think they're trying to send the message that giving opportunity for folks to invest more, especially with these inflationary times we've had this year. That's kind of a neat thing. So that's $30,000 potentially that you can put in a protected program. But in addition to that, I was going through uh, my benefits for limits on the higher your healthcare savings account, HSA. And the HSA limits have been also increased by about $500 for this year too. So that's an additional tax program that people can get into. And that thing is wonderful because it's a triple tax-free program. So tax-deferred, not necessarily tax-first, tax-free when you put it in. So you don't have to pay tax on the money you put in. Money that you make on it, interest or or dividends or capital gains is not taxable. And it's not taxable if you use it for eligible medical expenses down the road. So it's a triple tax-free savings that they give you. And for anybody who doesn't understand that, I recommend reaching out to you. 
uh, to give them some guidance on that because that program there is is killer because you can save up a, quite a bit amount of money and then use that in retirement for various medical type expenses, including medical premiums for your supplemental uh, Social Security Medicare uh, program. So that's for any. But I know you had some stuff on the tax brackets, which offers some other savings. So some, some folks that are in the what two hundred fifty thousand dollar and less brackets. Yeah, I mean, like a couple things here, real quick. Um, so you know, you're right. The so if you're contributing four hundred one k via four hundred one k, you you know, generally, and we'll probably do another podcast. I think on that richest man in Babylon, where yeah, you know, putting ten percent of what you make per year. However, for those of you looking to get caught up, uh, maybe you're empty nesters now and you want to get ahead of retirement. If you're over fifty, you can sock away thirty thousand dollars into your four hundred one k. And that can go a combination. Um, it can't be more than thirty combined. It can be, you know, thirty thousand pre-tax, thirty thousand, you know, after-tax going into your Roth four hundred one k, which is something we really like. Or you can go fifty-fifty or whatever the combination is. Now, you really we talk about and we hammer this financial plan. If you do a financial plan, then you can figure out what's best for. The net message here is: if you're looking to save more on taxes. You could put up to, if you're over 50, up to $30,000 a year in 2023 in pre-tax into your 401k or into your 401k plan. So that's phenomenal. That's, that's a great thing that's helping us. Uh, and the jump is to with, with inflation that, that's indexed. It's really designed to help us save more so that maybe we don't have as big a burden on Social Security down the, the road. That's a whole nother. nother yeah, that's um, another podcast. <laughs> That's another quagmire yeah. to get to, to discover. I, I did some calculations. So the other thing that they did is they, they, they raised the, your standard deductions from, I think it was 25.5 to 27.7. So everybody's going to save probably another three or 400 bucks a year off their taxes. But when we look at the tax brackets, if you make $150,000, essentially with the tax brackets, I should say decreasing a little for your, you're basically going to save about 50 bucks a month with the standard deduction. If you don't itemize, right? So if you just take your standard, basically that works out to combined $80 a month. So you can be saving about $80 a month. Not a lot, That's but a maybe that off. I mean, it's a tank of gas, yeah. it's a bag of groceries. It, yeah. Yeah. It might, might, might offset the gas. If you make $250,000, it's, it's more like a hundred dollars a month. So not huge. I was surprised. I thought the numbers would have been a lot bigger. Right. I thought, you know, they said 7%. I'm thinking 7%. On, I'm thinking it might be $500 a month. No, it's it's only $100 well, a month. Well, I mean, you go back to the way that we get taxed. We get taxed on the bracket. So your first, I think it's $20,000. First 10000 is no tax, you know. So you say 7%. Well, that's a big number, but it's only on a portion. The higher you get, the higher your taxes for that income. Yeah, like, so we go for back example. To the, we go back to the Ronald Reagan story we did with... Ronald Reagan was he would only make two movies a year because he knew if he made more than that, he would be in the what 50% tax bracket. No, no. Anything over 200,000, that next bucket was taxed at 94%. Yeah. So like, for example, when when we're talking about buckets, so from zero to 20, this is the 2023 bracket. Uh, So from zero to 22,000, you're taxed at 10%. The next 22,000 to 89,450, you're then taxed at 12%. Then from 89,451 to 190,000, 
you're taxed at 22%. Really, what does that mean? If you were to look at it from a flat percentage or a marginal, I know we're getting into the weeds here. You're looking at a marginal tax rate. If you make 150 grand, your marginal adjusted tax rate, if you lump in those three buckets, you're paying about 16% tax. So if you just take your 150, you multiply it by 16, that's the tax you're going to owe. And so while you think, wow, I'm in the, I'm in the 22% bracket. Well, you're really only paying 16%. Right. The effective tax rate for the income that you're bringing in. Yeah. Well, then if you take the standard deduction off of that, Mm -hmm. you're probably going to be around 14%. So taxes aren't that bad. They really are not that bad. You know, like we talk about, but here's the thing. Where tax is going to be 20 years from now is, 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 is larger than our GDP. And that's never been in history. And so, you know, a lot of people think taxes are going to be higher. I think they'll be ta- high, much higher down the road. But anyway, this is a great opportunity to put more money away. We like the Roth bucket, right? Because if taxes are going to be higher and we looked at just this example, well, what's 15, 16% on 16% tax? That's cheap. Yeah. Might be 30% down the road. Let's put that money in a Roth. I mean, you, you, you hit the nail on the head and a lot of experts will say that it's a tax sale, however you want to label it, but you are right. I mean, with this enormous debt that this government has accumulated at some point, you know, the guy is going to come a collecting well, who they're going to collect from us and higher taxes. So if you have the opportunity, pay that Roth, do that Roth, pay that tax now, and then you don't have to pay it down the road when potentially taxes could be higher. I mean, you're basically, if you defer right now, you're betting that the taxes are going to be lower. You're betting that your income is going to be lower, which everybody says in retirement should be, but you're also betting the marginal tax rate is going to be lower. And I don't know if I want to take that. You know, it's crazy. I was looking at a, I was at a conference and the guy showed a slide and I, and then I got to see if I can get my hands on it. He said he would email it to me. You know, the majority of the taxes, the majority, like I'm going to say like 80% of the taxes by folks between a hundred thousand to like 400,000. Oh, I don't. It's middle America. Anybody over that, like the billionaires and the amount that we, cause there's fewer, there's more of us than there are of them, but the amount of taxes they pay, it's, it's a fraction. And, you know, like I said, I think 60, 70% of the taxes are coming between from the people that are a hundred to 400,000. I mean, Warren Buffett's always said that when you look at a percentage wise, his secretary is paying a higher percentage of taxes than he is now physically in dollars. He's paying a lot more, but when you talk a percentage, you know, well, I think right. that's BS. I, I want to call BS on that if I can. We, you know, we need a we need like a a, a BS button. A BS button. <laughs> you need to like when I say BS, you got to hit that. This is BS announcement. Because here's the well, deal. I actually have it. I do have some of those buttons over here, but you wouldn't have it. On your well, you need to hit it. Hit it. Push the button. Push the BS button. No, but like here's the re- here's the reality. Okay, I'm a business owner. Let's say I, which I am. You're okay? a business owner. Yeah. All right. So I I pay rent. I have an employee. I pay half of his taxes. I provide benefits, all of that. So am I really paying less taxes than everybody else? Not really. If you look more above it, is he really paying less taxes than his secretary? That's a bunch of malarkey, right? Because as a business owner, he's paying half the taxes for all his all his employees, True. yes, it comes out of the business, right. but still that comes out of the net worth of the business, which then comes out of his pocket down the road. But what he's done as a business owner versus an employee is he's changed that tax rate, at least some of it, 37%. And once again, even if you're at the 37% tax bracket, your marginal, in other words, that's the buckets blended together, yep. is about 28%. But what, what he's doing is he's changed 
trading 28% income for 20% income, capital gains, long-term capital gains. But you forget, yeah, you want to knock the business owners and things like that. They've got tremendous risk, but all the people they employ, all those people are paying taxes and they're going out there. Maybe they're buying a home and now they're paying property taxes, which go back into the community. They go out and they buy food and groceries and now they're paying sales tax. So this whole BS Warren Buffett's paying a tremendous amount of tax, probably more than his fair share, if you break down all the ancillary taxes from his business. Or trickle down, yeah. No, I get it 100%. I mean, I was a small business owner, and we had six employees, same deal. I did the payroll, and, you know, we can break it down on another podcast, but you do hit the nail on the head. As a small business owner, you have all the risk, you pay all the taxes, and then, you know, you hope at the end of the day, you got a net income. So. But, you know, I mean, I think we're getting kind of sort yeah, of off, off topic of here. But, I, but think- I think the net message is today, right? So tax rates are, you know, tax rates are expanding. So the brackets, you know, depending if you're making 150 grand, um, you're going to be saving about 80 bucks a month. If you're making $250,000, you're going to be saving about 100 bucks a month. You're able to put instead of 20,500, you're now able to put 22,500, like you said, about a 10% increase into your retirement plans. If, you, if you're if you a small business owner and you don't have a retirement plan, let me know. Give me a call. We'll help you set one up. Super easy. Some great programs and some great tax deductions for the business owner to set them up. It's not too late. If you're over 50, I think that's the biggest thing. You're going to go from you know 26,000 to 30,000. That's a pretty huge jump. It's right. almost a 20% jump. If you feel that you're behind the eight ball, let me just tell you, I'm in the business 30 years. Even myself as an advisor, <laughs> We all have the same worry. We all don't think we're doing enough. We're all worried we're not saving enough. And you know what? The reality is we probably could be saving more. That's life. So don't worry about it. But if you have the opportunity, bump it to 30 grand. If you're already doing that, fabulous. There are some opportunities. If you have after tax in your 401k, that's a whole other topic. But brackets are going up or, or widening. So you should be saving 80 to $100, depending on where you're at. And now you have an opportunity to save even more to get caught up on a pre-tax basis. So definitely take advantage of it. But at the end of the day, you know, I want to remind you, if you don't have a financial plan, give me a call. Uh, let us know. Email, you know, I don't know. If, can they email you, Chris? What, what yeah, do they I do? got an email. So I'll put everything in the description for Tom. How, I always do how to get a hold of Tom at Consus. Email, telephone number, everything being in the description below. And we also have a feedback button. So if anybody wants any feedback, I'll get that information back to Tom. You know, once again, some of the things that we can do for you, and we can provide you just advice. You know, if you just have a question and you want advice and you want a mini plan, we can do that for, for a nominal fee. You don't have to do everything with us. You don't have to use us for your, your investments. But if you're out there and you want to know if you're on track, let us know. We'll do a financial plan for as little as 250 bucks. You'll have all the information you need to be successful, whether you work with us or not. Uh, I think everything kind of revolves around the planning. But once again, some great tax savings opportunities. Not as robust as I thought they would be. I really thought that the amounts would be bigger. But we'll take what we can get. Every little bit helps. Absolutely. Well, until next time, call it a wrap on taxes. But again, it's election day, everybody. Hopefully, when this podcast drops, everybody will put in their vote. We'll know the outcome. Um, but um, happy election day. That's right. 